All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's talk to someone who is super talented. We had a chance to meet him at Summer League last year. He's a great guy, super talented, works on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Oh, and he's wearing a Deuce and Mo hoodie. What a gem he is. Uh, Did you guys plan this? No, we did not. No, he's just... He's, he's a cool. real one. <laughs> of course, he is part of one of the best sports podcasts out there. Uh, the Old Man, The Three with J.J. Reddick. He also used to work at The Ringer, the co-creator of NBA Desktop. He is an Emmy Award winner. Let's welcome to the show, Jason Gallagher. Woo! Goodness, goodness. You're far too kind. I couldn't be more excited to be on this show. You two are the best. Oh, dude. Jason, I appreciate you making time, man. I appreciate it. You know, something we've been talking about, I was just saying how, you know, people, the Kings are in the number three spot right now. And Mike Brown's like, oh, they're, they're the hunted now. I'm like, no one around the league respects the Kings even yet, even though they're a good story. You're a Mavs fan. Do you respect the Kings right now? Or do you still look at them as like, oh, that's a cute little story? Um, well, the Mavs have their own issues to worry about. We'll start with that. Um, secondly, you know, probably just because the West is so loaded, they 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 get overlooked. Um, me as a fan, like, yeah, you're you, you know, the Warriors are still the Warriors. The Suns are are beefed up. Um, but but it's it is one of those. Th- I'm very envious of your position because that's the best place to be. And I don't necessarily believe Mike Brown when he says that they're the hunted. I would just enjoy being overlooked i mean that yeah. that in terms of fandom that's like the sweet spot it is because when expectations come you're it starts to get annoying and then you start to get the the the, the counter takes and uh so I, I who cares just just enjoy thank the you run. see this is great getting an outside perspective morgan mm. that's what we always say is like i don't think there's anything sweeter than the come up for right? sure the come up is where it's at when the expectations come, then it just gets toxic, and you just go, "Oh, this isn't as fun." No, and I I completely understand that, and I was more on Mike Brown's side because I'm uh, a homer when it comes to Mike Brown and anything he says goes. Um, but at the same time, it's understandable, and I think the Kings are making more and more of a name for themselves when they're actually taking on teams. Like, for example, Jason, let's talk about that weekend when it was that back to back against the Mavs. Uh, in the Kings at Golden One Center, and it was Kyrie's second game with the Mavs, and then you had the third game with the Mavs, and Luka Doncic joined him. How fun was that game? I mean, we were there in that atmosphere, but how fun was that game even for you as a Mavs fan? Not only seeing two of your guys who are going to be the future for the rest of this year at least um but even against a king a team like the kings who are having their come up i thought it's great i mean i love those back-to-back games like that because it is like a mini playoff series and the kings and the mavs very well very well might meet each other in the playoffs so it was like in that in that respect it felt like a playoff vibe each team got one over the other uh it was it was it was a lot of fun and and as as mavs fans i mean we're kind of in this place where we're overanalyzing literally every single thing. And yeah. so after that second game where they lost, it was like, it was like the sky is falling, but I don't know. It was like very competitive games. Um, I thought that I thought it was a blast. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I would love, I would love to, it would be fun to play the Kings, but it would, you would yes. deep down, like not be upset if they won, you know, there's nothing worse than playing a team that's like likable. You know, you mm-hmm. want to hate your opponent, but the Kings are friggin' likable. 
See, that's cool that they're like. I know. And, and there's so much. I, I know I've told Jason this, but I've grown up hating the Mavs. Yeah. I just thought, you know, the Dirk Nash stuff. I feel like they got too much love when the Kings were good. And that was me being super protective of my early 2000s Kings. sure. But then you've got the whole Luka dynamic. For some reason, I, I feel like I am so petty with Luka, as if he made the decision to go to Dallas. Correct. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know. I just look at him. I, get, I, I nitpick him. I mean, I pick him apart. I'm like, oh, awful. Look at him. He's gassed. I think it's trying to make myself feel better about the Kings passing up on him. How are you with Luca? Is he is he like a guy that can't do anything wrong in Mavs fans' eyes, or are you like more realistic with like, oh, I kind of see some of the warts. Um, yeah, I mean, this is probably the first year, just because of the conference finals. This is the first year where where I don't know. I started to watch him a little bit more critically, um, and very little of you know being upset with him has to do with him like uh, his actual game like you know you want him to stop yelling at refs complaining every play you want him to get back on defense you wish he and jay kid between the two of them they could figure out a last possession play other than a step back um (laughs) situation um so so it's little things like that but in terms of his development and where he is and what he's capable of you're not really that worried um you know, you just hope that the the front office and everybody can can put put long long term support around him. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's funny. Just I mean, we watch so much basketball, and obviously, whenever I turn on a Mavs game, I get frustrated, but I'm also so intrigued. Right? Like he's such a special player with the way that he can just <laughs> go down the middle and just have that cross court pass over the head, you know, and then have that step back three that's from way out there just all of a sudden you know it's there's exciting times but the style of play from a team basketball perspective is very frustrating at times um do you feel like Kyrie is going to be the answer going forward or do you think that it's going to be just this season type of thing uh yeah I mean that's that's the thing that I can't really answer it's like uh I mean I'm I'm I was skeptical of the move just because I'm I'm skeptical of in season trades that mm. don't have a long-term or that that, that just it the, the long-term viability of that trade is is up in the air i mean that's that's like you know i think that's pretty objective fact and um so it's really just like a it feels like a short-term gamble yeah um and so that to me is where now if any player could adapt it is him um because he knows how to play with mega stars uh, you know, LeBron certainly wasn't as ball dominant as Luca, but still he knows how to do that. And in a lot of the reason why Brunson worked with Luca last year is because Luca does hold the ball for a long time. He tries to do all sorts of things. And then Brunson gets the ball in his hands with like less than eight seconds left on the, on the clock. He knows how to play make in a short amount of time, which is really, really key. And it's what Dallas was missing this year. Dinwiddie's not that. Um, so Kyrie can be that and uh, you sacrifice a lot of defense. So we'll see. I mean, this is just like a, this just feels like a do like a couple shots and let's, let, let's just see what happens. I don't know. That is my whole outlook for the year. It is like, who knows? I don't know. Uh, Jason, for those who don't know, he, if you guys remember a couple of years back, I know it was big in Sacramento, the hollow Lucas song. Mm-hmm. He, he co-wrote that, yes. right? Did you write the whole thing or was it? You, you I wrote the whole you wrote the oh whole thing. Oh my god! One so good. Um, 
my, one of my favorite things that you were able to do, though, you're a Mavs fan. You guys got to play that live at a Mavs game. That had to have been a bit surreal. Oh, it definitely was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think that it, there was a, like actually like a bit of um, awkwardness just because like, you know, it's like the other team sitting right there. <laughs> it's sort of like, there's, I'll tell you just like a, a brief thing. So we, it was a really weird game early. It was kind of like one of those early evening games, like late afternoons. And they were letting fans into the arena early because there was a bad storm. And so we had to sound check while the Rockets were doing shoot around. Uh, and, 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 and people were screaming at us. I mean, like screaming at us. And they were like, we had heard like, Chris Paul is pissed, like all this other stuff. And it was so great. It was so great because I was, I'm not doing anything other than fake playing guitar, but the singer Isaac Lee is like eyes closed singing. And like, you got the Rockets, like coaching staff, just losing their minds. So um, that was, it was a lot of memorable moments, but that was a really actually super fun because that was a pretty pivotal game for Luca uh, super early in his career. They were down by 15 in the fourth and he kind of single-handedly off of like multiple step back threes brought them back. And so it was like a really pivotal game for him. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I, I, I had, a, I had a great time. I, I'm just a little, what? Just, I, I, I remember seeing that. I thought he played the guitar. I did too. You sold that. I dude. did too. The well, way- I, play, I play guitar, okay. um, but not well, but well enough to fake it. Yeah. Okay, you know yeah. I mean? um, so it was one of those things where um, I was just going to have Isaac do it. And then he was like, be great if you were up there and i was like only if i can wear a wig and so yeah as you can see i like to i, I like to cover my face as much as possible <laughs> it's such a beautiful face though. It, it beautiful face beautiful song like we said and it obviously brought the good energy that night um jason i want to talk more about you work on one of the best podcasts out there uh the old man in the three and it's with jj reddick what's it like working with jj reddick uh, I love it. I mean, I mean, he is, uh, from a basketball perspective, I, I, I feel I really have had to pinch myself a couple times, you know, working in media, uh, a lot of times it can, it can get a little like, I don't know, mundane. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's a, that's a generous way of, of putting it. And, and so, so after the ringer, like getting to work with with somebody who has like this genuine love for basketball, just like genuine curiosity, love, why we why do people love it? How does it work? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like it's reinvigorated a love that I have for basketball in an in a, in a amazing way. So just like on that front, I just love it. I mean, he you know, when you go to dinner with J.J., you're going to be talking about basketball for like two and a half hours. And he's in that in like, and you start to get into some really weird, deep conversations with him about like life and sports and all this other stuff. Like it happened every single time. Um, and then, you know, just being able to be in the room and some of these interviews um, and hear the conversation before and after, like, those are really fun guys really respect them. They're very open with them. So that's, it's just been sort of like a, a you know, having to tell my younger self, like, dude, you should like be like really taking this in and, and appreciating this. And who knows, you know, what the future holds, but the now right now is like, you're sitting in the room with, with some all timers. Yeah. Cool. And so cool. I, I think too, what it shows is like, you know, you have the way that basketball is talked about maybe on social media or on the networks at ESPN and to get that perspective. And it's not, you know, I think some, 
some execs would look at him like, no, people are into the super nerdy mm. basketball stuff. They want who's the yeah. goat, whatever that conversation is. And it's just been fascinating to kind of see how you guys have built a legit audience. It's based on people wanting to learn more about the game, but also hear some really compelling conversations with players who are willing to open up to JJ because they're just talking. I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's great stuff. It's and it's been, it's great for the game to have that type of content. Yeah, no, I mean, he, you know, I think if you'd asked him, he he initially was like my, the the goal here is to humanize the player. Mm. Um I think that that is like you know, obviously JJ really cares about educating the audience sort of blah blah blah, but like part of that education is just to understand how much these people are people. Um and and oftentimes, I mean, I I definitely was this way too. It's like you you can you can view them as something much larger or, or almost, almost just like you should, you should always be happy or you should do this or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, no, these are human beings um, that uh, are also obsessed with basketball. It's like, so great. I, I, sometimes it's like, I'm like, why, man, the cameras are off. Like, stop talking about basketball. Like, why you all want to talk about basketball? And that's all they want to talk about is basketball. It's so funny. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's been really cool hearing some of your conversations. And like we said, it's just so important for basketball players to humanize other basketball players too. Cause I think there's just a connection there that fans go, Oh yeah. Like this is how things work. Now we've obviously here in Sacramento have heard JJ Reddick talk about the Kings <laughs> over this last year. I, it's a, People hate JJ Reddick oh, in Sacramento. It is bizarre. <laughs> I Jason, don't. It's hilarious how much people will just hate JJ Reddick, not because of his playing days or anything, but yeah. because of a certain thing that he says about the Sacramento Kings. And I know as of late too, like he's had some really great things to say um, yeah. about some of these guys, but does, does JJ in some ways, hate the kings <laughs> no, no 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 look look i mean I, I, what's funny to me because i get this by like association for some reason yes like, <laughs> like people will like fans will come at me and be like yeah you freaking like kings hater and it's like all right well like i'm a producer and i push buttons and i listen to things and that's what i do so let's like relax on like the importance <laughs> of anything i have to say or at all um but but what i would say is that um look he's not shy about his bias uh, on like, let, let, let's just like Tyrese Halliburton, right? Yeah. We liked him. He came on the show anytime we wanted. They got along really well. I got along with him really well. So at least from my perspective, there's a thousand percent bias. I think from JJ's perspective, there was bias mixed with, Hey, like there's a history of mismanaging certain situations from that front office. Sure. So, so you could understand the reaction to it. Um, I will say that, um, he's, he's like, loves what they've done. Like we just did, we're, we have a video that's coming out this week. It's our second episode of a, of a thing that he and I do together called islands in the league, where he does this sort of monologue thing. Um, and he's talking about in-season trades at work and he specifically didn't mention the Pacers or Tyrese. He'd mentioned the Kings and Sabonis and how that is an ideal in-season trade, something that is more long-term that you do in season and then you take the off season, you take training camp, you get build chemistry, whatever. And then you put yourself in a position to compete in the playoffs. I mean, he, he, you know, I, I don't think he would go out of his way to mention that if he hated it. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny. People just assume, and he was super passionate about it. That's why I dig about JJ. Like he does have tremendous 
passion for the absolutely. game. Absolutely. That, that just that absolutely comes through. So, Jason, yeah. I, I know you, like, you've rediscovered your love for basketball. I don't know if you've rediscovered your love for the All-Star game at all, especially Oof. after what happened on Sunday. Like, do, do you have any, like, ideas of, like, should it be fixed? Is it, like, a conversation with players? It was just – it was kind of a weird game. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. It sucked. Uh, I mean, weird – I wouldn't even say – it just sucked. Straight up sucked. Yeah. Uh, terrible, terrible. I will say a couple things. One, I do think that um, – I like that conferences are are out of it in terms of how we, um, like, like, you know, uh, draft the players or whatever. But it's sort of like – I do kind of think that that – they have to have some stakes. Like, I, I don't feel like there's any stakes when you're doing a draft right before the game. And so my bit honestly would be to go back to conferences one, okay. um, just because it's like, I think guys quietly had pride in that. Um, and then, and then second, now this is, this is, this is my real take here. Okay. Much like the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever. <laughs> I think that they should hire a director for these things, a different director every time and add some uh, some cool visuals to the entire weekend. I know that sounds insane, but what I'm saying is that, like, uh, we got to spice this thing up and make it unique and make it fun, and let's get a creative mind in there, somebody who has nothing to do with sports, and be like, how would you film this? How would you do, like, use this as your ex- experimenting time. Um, so that's my big bit. I used to believe that about the dunk contest, yeah. that you should director every time throw a green screen in there get some marvel effects do whatever it's all about the pictures afterwards anyways and now i see this sucky game i'm just like well let's frig it let's just do it the whole weekend i i don't know this is this is my bit i don't know if it's ever going to be competitive so you might as well try to make it more yeah he's got that producer mind exactly yep. be open-minded make it that i and see so you start saying that i go make it more like wrestling yes Yes, make it Dude, a show. I want, Dude, I want promos. I, my great Shark Tank idea is I want to make a uh, basketball wrestling league. Like, wh- what if you could wrestle during basketball? I mean, how? I mean, should we do this? Like, what is going on? Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. This is. I love this idea. I do love this idea, but I also want to throw in there because Deuce had a thing too, where if a guy gets hit in the balls on purpose, especially right that that guy should be able to go to center court and the whole crowd watches him hit the other guy in the balls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just basically, instead of suspending or whatever, like Dylan Brooks hit someone nuts, you, you get to retaliate immediately. Absolutely. So we're on board with anything wrestling yeah. and retaliating, yeah. all these things. Wait, 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 I, I got to go back to what Jason was saying. Wait, so wrestle, you want, like, get into a ring and wrestle? Like a... Yeah, no, uh, li- listen, listen, <laughs> okay. all right? Imagine a ring that is a little bit more rectangle size, okay, that has two goals, and you can script it or whatever, but it's like, it's just outrageous three-on-three basketball where you can fight and wrestle. Like, why not? Like, this is amazing. I I don't don't get, like, whenever I watch wrestling and they, like, climb ladders and get the thing on the thing, I'm like, yes, give them a goal. Give them a goal. I'm into this. And that's, that's kind of both, both, in my opinion, are running a little, like, you know, wrestling's can i'm just i'm just selling the i'm giving free ideas no i i want ideas we this is where we're at though this is like the ratings were lower than ever and it was just was not good i mean i'm like the hardest of hardcore nba fan i turned it on at 4 30 the game didn't start to like six pacific time right and then it was just Giannis plays the first play leaves that i don't think i've ever seen a game where guys were just like walking it was like it wasn't even fun offensively right like they were just kind of chucking things up laying it up laying it up there was nothing fun about it 
I really do think I I, I do I really do think something combined with like, you know, if you're Nikola Jokic and you get drafted to the team you're playing on five seconds before the team starts and you're playing for Team LeBron, like, do you really care? Like, I just I just think there's nothing to play for. Yeah. Like, and 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 I know that conferences. I just I, I honestly think that you would be raising the bar that much, but at least it's that much. Like, give them something. At least when yeah. they drop Thursday night, there's, like, four days to pretend like you're on the same team or whatever. That's like, true. they don't even know what – this is stupid. I, I don't know. I just, like, think this is so stupid. No, and it's true. Like, the whole West versus East thing, there would always be a debate. Hey, who's better? Yeah. Who's got the more ta- – like, there's just more fun. You – you pick the team that way, Western Eastern Conference, but then you put them on teams like that team, Giannis team, LeBron. It is kind of weird. You're right. There's nothing to really play for. They just also part of it too. I was telling Morgan, can you just play with, I don't know, pride? Like it, you're getting paid to do this. Like go have fun. This is game. This is a game for the fans. Like what? Celebrate it. Uh, you, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, how much does pride factor in? I mean, they, they you know, this was discussed earlier today on ESPN. I don't remember which, which show it was on, but like, if LeBron seriously hurts his hand in that game, then the discussion: mm. Why are they trying that hard? And I kind of like, I just, I don't know. I think when, when, with all that's at stake, um, you know, I, I, I in, 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 we're talking about like load management now. That's a big thing, Oof. and with everything that's at stake in sort of players trying to preserve their body. Like, I just don't see a world in which they're like, yeah, I'm going to go sacrifice my body for pride. Like they're just not going to do it. You got to give them something else. And um, I don't know. That was just a terrible product. I mean, like, I just like, I can't, I love the all-star. I'm like, it couldn't be, I'm I'm the audience for it, dude. I take my kid to Disneyland every year. I'm corny as hell. (laughs) But but like, that was unwatchable. It was. And this is where green screens in wrestling can absolutely come into play and make things better. But like a moat around the around the court, a moat with alligators in the moat. That is it's genius, too, because if you try and go save a ball like you're going to fall into a water full of alligators and watching them try to scramble out of that is entertainment. Jason Gallagher, just producer of the the year right here. Life, your life needs to be on the line. Um, That's what you need to feel. I did want to ask Jason, because you mentioned the uh, load management, and we were just talking about that earlier. Did you actually hear Adam Silver's comments about load management? Sort of. Okay. It it was just, it was weird, okay? And he was just kind of talking about, um, you know, fans are still paying for tickets and the ticket numbers are still so high up there. So obviously it's not a problem with fans, but you're seeing these games being played, some of these big games being played without their stars. Do you have any solutions? I know we're asking you for solutions yeah. for All-Star Game and now load management. You're now the commissioner for some reason. Yeah. We have made you commissioner, I guess. Do you have any solutions for the load management crisis? <laughs> I think you got to bring the alligators in. Oh. Just kidding. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I look, that was a weird yeah, – I remember at one point during the press conference, I was a little like – you sound like the hot dog suit meme guy who's like – there's just so many games. And it's like, yeah, I wonder who's fault that like a little bit like that. I think that the scheduling can be smarter. I think that that's number one is that, that some of the scheduling, um, you know, we, we had CJ McCollum on, who is the president of the 
uh, Players Association. And he's sort of talking about it from his standpoint. And he's sort of like really detailed out what it is to play a back-to-back in two cities, you know, a certain distance away. And it is sort of like, yeah, I mean, I that that I know that they get paid a lot of money, but that is like a lot of uh, to put on your body, um, you know, for for a back to back. And is it really, really worth it to do if you're not getting sleep? And, you know, your body does respond to that kind of lack of sleep and uh, and lack of, you know, proper preparation. Um, so so I do think that the scheduling can just be a little smarter. I mean, you know like everyone who says less games usually gets pushed back that nobody will agree to that for money and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know if it's not that, then then we're just going to have to deal with it. Or, you know, like the teams announced at the beginning, like, Hey, just a heads up. Giannis is not playing this game, this game, this game. Mm. And like, maybe if people were just more upfront, I don't know what that does to anything, but I can't imagine the league would like that. Cause then ticket sales go down. And yeah. so, I don't know. I, I, I like, it is a, it is a real, conundrum because because i think players have been accustomed to being paid a certain amount of money i think you know all that stuff and no one's sacrificing any of that so it it's going to fall on the fans but but this is i don't know i don't know man it's 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 really weird just like the all-star game it's like the consumer is speaking i mean the ratings for the all-star game is super low yeah i think the consumer is speaking about this and it will have to be addressed i just i'm glad i'm not in charge of that one <laughs> Jason, we have we're up against it because we're doing this live on the radio, obviously too. But uh, we're gonna have to have you on again soon, maybe on the podcast too. But uh, you're the best. I appreciate you making time for us, man. Thank you, guys. Y'all are the best, dude. You're the best. Uh, what, what's coming? Do you have anything else coming up soon, like that you want to promote? Uh, I'm really excited about this week's uh, Islands in the League episode. I think it's really great. It's about um, in season trades and the sort of history of them and the way that you know they work but then also i got to write a sketch and jj acted in the sketch oh. and uh it is really 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 stupid and i'm so psyched for it to see the light of day we i can't wait love to see stupidity. You, man. well hey thank you so much man we'll, we'll talk to you soon thank you guys see ya yeah see ya jason gallagher